Psalm 34. Please read with me. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. The Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are, the, are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do, do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the, the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would quieten our hearts before you so that we might be attentive to your voice that speaks into us. Speak into me, speak into all of us that we might hear your word. Amen. Having been in ministry now for some uh, 45 years, with a few other extra years of living, one of the things that I have come to understand in life is that everyone's hurting. Everyone lives with pain in their life. Everybody, at some point, has been wounded or hammered at some time in their life. Experiences, betrayal, deception, maybe abandonment. For some, it's a childhood memory. And that no matter how many years go by, it keeps road-blocking life and road-blocking one's relationships. For some, 
It was abuse that came in words or came in emotional or physical abuse or even some unspeakable sexual acts. For others, it's the marriage breakdown that your mum and dad or your own children are going through. Or even yourselves and you feel somewhat disillusioned. And when you're going through a time of such intense pain or brokenness or woundedness, whether it be physically or emotionally or relationally or spiritually, you need a God who is greater than your hurt. You need a God who is a healer, who is a restorer. Now I know that I personally haven't experienced the depth of pain or heartache that many of you here may have experienced. I do know what it's like to lose a sister when quite young, to have child sexual victims closely related, for Judy and I to lose our fathers, Judy's mum a couple of years ago and my own mum struggling with Alzheimer's for the last six years. I know what it's like to be refused permission to marry Judy by her parents and in my early years of ministry knowing the loneliness of leadership. But over the years I've shared in the grief and the pain of many others that I've walked alongside including some of our indigenous folk who were forcibly removed from their families as young children. When I have personally listened to survivors of child sexual abuse, sometimes from even within the church. When I have sat with traumatised asylum seekers like Hillary who have been tortured and wounded and others who have lost loved ones, especially losing children, those permanently injured from accidents, marriage breakups, estranged family relationships, and so on. And then I've shared in the heartache and the pain of some church life, where there has been a significant breakdown in relationships, or where churches have lost their way. And at times as faith communities, we together also go through shared periods of heartache, of brokenness, of pain and resentment and grief. And I know from your past experiences here, amongst the many, many good and positive things over your history, there have also been times and seasons of sadness and grief of disappointment, of confusion over pastors and others leading and so on. There are times when we haven't always worked together. There hasn't always been a unity, even a competitiveness between services and between ministries. And sometimes there has been a focus on self-interest and self-centeredness and a lack of trust. And to be honest with you, at times when I have had 
when I've really wandered through some of those deeper times of, of, of valleys in life, I wonder sometimes if God can make a way forward for me or for others. Would he be greater than my or, or, or our hurt? Could the God who made the world make a way in my world? My friends, I have underestimated God. Because after these years of my life and ministry so far, I can stand before you as one who firsthand knows that we have a God who heals. A God who is greater than our hurt. A God who is greater than our disappointments and our discouragements and our pain. A God who heals the wounded and the broken and the afflicted and the pain-filled people like all of us can be from one time or another. Psalm 34 verse 18 is a scripture verse which I love where it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In 1 Peter 2.24, Peter wrote to Jesus, of Jesus, he says, He himself bore our sins on his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you have been healed. In the Old Testament, God is sometimes referred as Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. I'm at a stage in my life right now where I'm personally so much in love. I'm joyful. I I am fulfilled in my life and I'm delighting in my children and grandchildren. And though there are sadnesses and regrets over mistakes I've made, it's sometimes hard to remember how dark and painful life has been sometimes in the past. Something about God's mercies, that at times God gives us a graceful sense of forgetfulness about the hard and the dark and tough times that may have been. His mercy is just so good in that way. So I want to share this morning some of the lessons I've learned. Not just from my own experience, but also through the experience of others. That they might be helpful to some of you through what you're going through or maybe someone that you know who's going through. A season of brokenness, of hurt or resentment or or relationship breakdown even right now. And might be wondering whether God can make a way. Times when you wonder whether God can heal. And you wonder if our God can be greater than your hurt. One of the big things I've learned is this. Don't 
pull out of life. Don't withdraw from life. You see, when we're hurt, the first impulse for many of us is to pull back into a shell and we don't want to risk anymore. Love, by its very nature, involves risk, a risk to be hurt. But by withdrawing, we risk even more. There's a danger that we will go into isolation, that we will pull away from relationships and we will find ourselves in a very lonely place. When Judy and I moved to Broken Hill, I was in my mid-twenties, I just finished theological college. When I arrived, I was pastoring two churches at the same time. We'd left all our family, our friends and colleagues who were some 1,200 kilometres away. The nearest Baptist church, uh, Baptist pastor in New South Wales was over 700 kilometres away. Our second daughter was born a couple of months later by emergency cesarean. I was trying to understand ministry in a very different context that I had known before. And Judy and I had to renegotiate what marriage looked like for us. Our seven years that we spent there, up to that time, would be the longest I'd lived anywhere in my life. And at times, particularly in the early stages, it was quite lonely. And one of the realisations that I've come to grips with is that for a number of years of my life, as a male, as a follower of Jesus and as a pastor, I was a solo sapien. I knew lots of people. Lots of people would have probably considered me as their friend. I had lots of good times with people. But there were very few people other than Judy who knew me intimately. Because I didn't let people get near me. I kept them at a distance. I didn't let them inside. In fact, I was even taught at theological college that as a pastor, I shouldn't have close friends with anybody in the congregation. And sadly, I think that is typical of many of us men. Often it's how we're wired. And for me, that changed. At a time when I opened myself to community and to vulnerability. I was invited into and I became part of a pastor's renewal retreat group, a group for which I would not only become accountable, but who would share the load, who were available any time, no matter where I lived, to chat to me or to be be there for me if necessary. And I decided to take the risk and make myself vulnerable to fellow travellers. Now, I've made enough bad decisions in my life. This was one of the best decisions I ever made. Meeting and opening our lives to each other. Started doing life together. 
started encouraging each other. And in that circle, I found uncommon wisdom, complete confidentiality and unconditional love for which I am forever grateful. It is why small groups are so important so long as they are healthy and functioning at depth. That's why I encourage you to be part of a group like that. Over the years, God has brought different people through different areas of my life and my relational world has become so much richer and so much deeper than it once was. And I have more deeper, honest relationships today than I ever had. And it took brokenness. It took brokenness to open that up. Don't pull out of life. Something else that I've learned, something Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, helped me do, is to disinfect the wound. When we're hurt by someone, our natural tendency is to hurt back. We hold on to hurts. And when you hold on to hurts, they develop into self-destructive, toxic diseases of bitterness and resentment and hate. And how do you deal with bitterness and resentment? You learn by practicing forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, God, in Christ God forgave you. And let me say that forgiveness is something that needs continual practice. And for some it will take time. It doesn't happen necessarily for all of us just once and then totally be left behind. Sometimes we have to regularly forgive until we are totally healed of the, of the pain. Now that does not exempt people from having to face the consequences for the pain and the hurt and the stress they've caused. Justice still needs to be carried out. But pray for those who have brought you harm and hurt. Will that bring change in their life? Maybe. But it'll bring wonderful change to your life. Because it can bring back joy. It can bring back freedom. It can bring back freedom. And release you from all the toxicity that builds up in our souls. Take it from someone who knows firsthand that if you hold on to hurt, it can turn to hate and is so destructive to yourself and your own relationships that you're in now. Too often hurting people hurt other people. 
But if we can learn to continue to practice forgiveness and to love our enemies, internally there will be a peace and a joy and a freedom. Disinfect the wound. There's another lesson. Allow God to work through you during this time. You see, brokenness is one of the greatest schools of higher education that you will ever attend. We learn things when we in pain that we wouldn't learn any other way. And it's only through personal brokenness that I learned that when you lose everything else that's important to you, if you still have Jesus Christ, you have enough. I've learned the importance of balance in my life. I've learned the importance of truth-telling in relationships, even at the expense of pain and facing yucky things about myself. And I think one of the greatest gifts that God has taught me over time was a sense of, has been a sensitivity for people who are crushed by their own experience of brokenness in their lives. Sensitivity to so many lonely people. So many hurting people. And I learned that through personal pain. Learn all that you can. And one last lesson is that when you are going through pain, allow God to work through you. Some of us have the sense that when we're going through a difficult time personally, that God isn't able to use us at all. As if he kind of puts us there up on the shelf. But when we're weak, when we're crushed, when we're broken, that is often when God can use us in a great way. Because it is so clear for people to see that it has to be God's power in the midst of our weakness. That it isn't of us, but him, despite our weakness. I've learnt what Paul meant when he talked about his own personal crisis that crushed him. When three times he pleaded with the Lord that he would take it away. But instead God said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And I've learnt that if God can use me and can energise me even when I'm down and when I'm weak. He can do it through anyone. Paul talks in 2 Corinthians 1 about comforting others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. And I know that I want to use my life extending to others the healing that I have received from God, the one 
who is greater than my hurts. Because I know it is only because of that amazing grace of God that I can even be standing here today. And it's made me a different kind of pastor. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, continues his work in us and through us. It's an old simple song that some of you of my generation may remember. It says that God will make a way when there seems to be seems to be no way. He works in way we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He'll be my guide, hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. He will make a way. And you know what? He does. God is greater than our hurt. Over and over in the scriptures, God is described as greater than. And so before I close, I'm going to read a series of scriptures that talk about God being greater than. And as I read those verses, which will go up on the screen in a moment, when I get to those words, greater than, I want you to repeat them with me. I want you to say it with conviction. So let's practice. God is greater than. Stay with me as I read these scriptures. In 1 John 3, 20, For God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. In John 10, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Psalm 135, I know that the Lord is great, that our Lord is greater than all gods. 1 John 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Or as Job said, for God is greater than any human being. Isaiah 29, how stupid can you be? He is the potter and he is certainly greater than you. You are only the jars he makes. And John the Baptist to announce someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave. Or elsewhere where John the Baptist said of Jesus that he has come from above and is greater than anyone else. I am of the earth and my understanding is limited to the things of earth but he has come from heaven. The writer of the Hebrews says, this shows that God's son is far greater than the angels 
just as the name God gave him is far greater than their names. God is greater than our circumstances. God is greater than our disappointment. God is greater than our past. He is greater than our fear. He is greater than our hurt. He is greater than the angels. He is greater than all gods. Our God is simply greater than. Today, I'm wanting us to respond in a very specific way. In a moment, as the music team comes and plays, there are sheets of paper on your seats. And I'm going to ask you today to write down confidentially any area of hurt or pain or grief or disappointment or unforgiveness that you might have that you know you need to be healed from. And then shortly as we come to communion, I'm going to ask you to take that piece of paper and to fold it up or screw it up, whatever you like. And I want you to put it in the basket that's going to, that's at the foot of the cross. No one's going to read them. We're going to be destroying them straight after the service. But I'm asking you to do that as a responsive act whereby writing them down you are acknowledging to yourselves and to God that you need to receive his mercy, that you need to discover his healing in your brokenness. The cross is again only a symbol, but it is a physical reminder of Jesus bearing our sins upon the cross and how By his wounds we are healed. Then after we do that, I'll be inviting you to take the emblems of the bread and the wine and further symbols of what Jesus has done to enable our lives to be transformed. So that after you drop your pain at the foot of the cross that we might then share communion in community together. And I'll be asking you to take the elements to eat the bread but hold the cup that we might drink together in unity with each other and with our Lord as we proclaim our healing together. These acts are only the beginning, but they are an important step towards finding healing. Now I know that for a number of you, that some of the things I've said this morning may have re-raised some painful memories. After the service, there are people that will be there at the back, that would love to pray with any of you. But also over on the sides, Judy and Marilyn and Kim and Sue 
all who are trained counsellors will be available this morning just to decide to chat with you if you need further help with the pain or the hurt or the grief that you may be experiencing. Let's remember that our God is greater than. Let's pray. Our God, Jehovah Rapha, thank you for being a God who heals the brokenhearted. Thank you for healing that you have done in my own life and that you have done in many lives in this place. We thank you for the healing that I believe you're about to do in the hearts of those who are hurting and afflicted and who are living in pain right now. I thank you, Father, for being a God who is close to the brokenhearted, for being a God who saves those who are crushed in spirit. And, Father, we lift up our prayers here today in the name of the one who heals and whose wounds we are healed, the one who is greatest of all, that you might restore our relationships within our own faith community, as well as in our homes, in our workplaces and elsewhere. We come to the one who is greatest of all, Jesus Christ. Amen.